Hey everyone, you are here listening to Mental Health Insights in the Bible. I'm Matt Tilley and I'm here with Craig Faust. How you doing, Craig? Doing well. That's awesome. We are today talking a little bit more about the story of Noah, um, but this podcast really is, exists so that we can understand and glean uh, how to apply mental health uh, insights that we find in the narrative of Scripture and apply them to our everyday life. Uh, trying to understand and unpack some of these things that we just glance at and gloss over. I um, mean, we, we just see them as storytelling, especially in these narrative formats like we're reading in Genesis. Uh, but we want to be able to understand, well, why was that a healthy perspective? And what did they do right? And how could we take that and use that in our life today, which will ultimately make our life so much more satisfying uh, and healthy. Perfect. Um, I'm excited about this. Let's go ahead and uh, get ready to jump in. Absolutely. So we are staying around Genesis 7 today. Um, We get a little bit more description uh, in this passage of uh, the Lord telling Noah to go into the ark and exactly what he wants him to do. Um, But not just Noah, his household as well. Noah is such an interesting character in the Bible. He stands out. Totally. Well, I think this is such such an important thing. Matt and I were talking a little bit before the podcast, and what we were going to do is like just continue on like with our reading. Mm. But the flood is such a big thing that happens that we actually want to camp out here a little bit so that yeah unpack it um yeah definitely so for for us when looking at this or at least for me whenever i look at this story there's some important things that come up and again matt and i were talking a little bit about this beforehand is that this is kind of our first glimpse of uh a repeated pattern of Eden showing up in the story. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is uh, God having a prosperous people, or in this case, a family, amidst the unmaking of the world around. And the flood's probably one of the biggest examples of an unmaking. Mm-hmm. And well, what I mean by that is where God decides to give over people to what they want. So we talked a little bit last time, the the culture is not a righteous culture at all. There's a lot of violence. And so God instructs Noah to make this ark. And it's not just an ark for Noah, right? It's not, uh, hey, Noah, go ahead and make this boat, and it's just going to be you that's going to go on, and I'm going to make a nation out of you. It's his family. He's is, not alone. Yeah, he's going to be joined by his family. And not only that, such a weird thing two of all these animals need to come on there. So, so this is like, Can a, you imagine total, like a floating zoo. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that that's a very peculiar thing. I remember actually reading this the first time whenever I was a kid and I was like, well, that's dumb. Like why, why, why does God want them to have all these animals on this boat? And totally the, the, uh, predator animals are going to eat all the other animals and yeah, stuff, Do you right? remember all of the little scientific questions that we had oh, yeah. growing up of, how does this make sense? Totally. Right? How is this possible? And we're not going to do a deep dive into the science behind this or try to explain it because, well, it's not in the narrative, guys. It doesn't tell us exactly how. And I don't think it's as mm-hmm. important. Even though I think it's very important, it's not as important for what we're doing today and, and what we're trying to unpack. Well, and 
So what does this tell us, right? Just episodes before, we're talking about Genesis and God gives dominion to man over the creatures of the sea, creatures of the air, creatures of the land, right? There is this dominion, or we kind of talked about too, like uh, maybe a different word for this is also like responsibility, right? So we're actually seeing this responsibility play out where Noah has to build this ark, and it's a massive ark that is going to house these animals in, in this area. And uh, there is a responsibility that he has to do this because of that responsibility that God has placed on mankind. And this is something that is really important from a mental health standpoint, because one of the things that we kind of see, um, it, not, not actually kind of see, but one of the things that we do see is that whenever people's mental health suffers, they take less responsibility over things and aspects of their life, which actually ends up making things worse for them. Mm-hmm. Whenever we feel like we're powerless, whenever we feel like we're hopeless, whenever we feel like we're helpless, we actually retract from responsibility. And this becomes a huge issue because whenever we're actually allowing ourselves to be responsible for things, whenever we're actually putting forth the effort and things, it's actually giving us more control over our life. It's actually giving us a certain amount of autonomy to actually, which, which has a profound effect on our brain, Mm -hmm. right? Like being able to have responsibility over your household, being able to have responsibility over the environment and the actions that you take has profound impact on your mental health and allowing you to navigate through this world feeling like you actually have a source of power within you, which is something that God has called us to do. Uh, we, When we take responsibility, we are f- fulfilling a portion of what God commanded us to do in Eden, to have dominion over the world. Uh, and a lot of what we do see come up in the narrative of Scripture is even if it's not a direct referral, we see Eden and God's original intent for mankind keep coming back up. Uh, we talk, you know, we talk about a promised land later that the Israelites are going to be heading towards. Um, we talk about uh, the new heavens and the new earth, and which is kind of a, a restoration of Eden, a restoration of, of God's original intent and plan. Um, but in the midst of this, whenever God is doing such destruction, because there's so much wickedness and violence and evil. There's one man's faith who's above all the rest, who's not going along with culture, who's sticking with God and his commandments, what he has said. And we might have an episode at some point down the road where we talk a little bit more about that and staying in that tension. But he is fulfilling the intent of what God had commanded mankind to do in in Genesis uh, Genesis 1 and 2, um, to have dominion, um, to be obedient, um, to nurture and create your kingdom. And he can trust him with a little bit of that. I think God can trust him to continue advancing Eden. And that's what he does with bringing destruction and bringing this ark, continuing Eden and trusting this right. man. So we see time and time again, right? It's not good for man to be alone. Noah's not alone here. There's dominion. Noah's given responsibility. God doesn't say that 
oh, because this flood's coming, um, let's just forget about all these things that I've said before. Yeah, I'll start over from scratch. Yeah. It's not um, quite like that. No, and, and, and this is actually a continual fulfillment of that responsibility. Mm-hmm. And again, this is kind of something else we want to glean towards this. The fact that Noah is not going through this alone, it, it's hard to look at this event and not imagine what this had to be like. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly, he, like he very, did not have all the power in the world. God just yeah. said, "This is happening." Can you imagine moments where he felt powerless and helpless and out of control? But he had a job to do. He had right. a vision, and he wasn't alone. He was not alone. And I think that there's an important thing, right? God's telling him to do this. So, like, there is a hope mm-hmm. on the other side of this. And I think that in in the mental health realm, we as counselors are, are sometimes in danger of this, but I think we as a people group are a lot of times in danger of this, is we will take hope and we'll kind of like try to cash that into the bank all the time. Mm-hmm. And we'll try to kind of ride our lives on hope, which can help sometimes, right? It's definitely something Absolutely. that helps us get through hardships. But if we try to kind of plant a like our entire selves around that, if we try to build something on the foundation of hope, we also have to be able to acknowledge things that are not going well, mm-hmm. right? Noah is probably not sitting in this, in you know, during this flood, sitting in this ark, looking around and feeling totally at peace mm-hmm. during this time. There has to be a certain acknowledgement, like whenever we're going through tough times mentally, of the hardships that we're facing. And for a lot of us, you know, we've grown up in such a way that positivity is something that we're encouraged to kind of exuberate that like, like, you know, we have to talk in a positive way. We have to show everybody, right. We have to have this false front of everything is going great in my life. And that can be really dangerous Mm -hmm. in in these moments. So social media has only exacerbated that, right? Totally. Yeah. So my, my picture perfect life. Right. And we grew up in societies and in our little individual family cultures, we don't talk about hard stuff. We don't talk about painful stuff or sad things. You're angry? That's not okay. You can't be angry, right? Right. Well, and I think the important thing is, right, Noah's family's there with them so they can kind of process through this grief of this loss of the society that they That's an important word right there, that grief. Um, This is something that's terrible that's happened, right? God even said that. Mm-hmm. Like it grieved his heart. So for for us going through this, right, there is hope on the other side of this. While like for us from a mental health perspective, we also want to acknowledge that there is a huge negative side of this. That for us as people, if we can't recognize the negative things, you know, air quotes, negative things, whatever you want to call them, whatever word you want to insert there, that if we can't acknowledge some of these bad things that are going on, then it makes it a lot harder to plant our feet in a hopeful future because it's almost like we're just ignoring things that are going on, right? We're ignoring the hardships of life and trying to hold to a hope that will easily erode because we're not able to recognize the hardships that are happening right now in the current day. Yeah. Um, you know, there's this old adage about anxiety, right? Anxiety exists in the past and the future, but not in the present. Well, I tell you what, Hope exists in the in the future, 
So if you are constantly planting yourself in the future, it's not going to be too long before anxiety catches up to you. And so like we have to be able to exist in that reality while also exist in the reality of the hardships and pains that we're going through right now. Yeah. I love that, Craig. That's awesome. I think it's important to realize that there's a tension we have to live in. Mm. Um, and that's what I think really living a healthy life looks like on a practical level, but also in, in our mental health, emotional health, spiritual health. Um, and that comes, I think, later in the story, too, whenever, you know, Jesus finally comes back and dies on the cross for us, uh, that we finally have this moment where our sins have been paid for and we are justified before the Lord now if we believe in him. But we're not yet fully glorified. We still have right. to wrestle with sin. And it's been described that right now, since Jesus came to die on the cross and then he rose from the dead three days later, that right now we live between the already and the not yet, that we have already been justified, we've already been saved, but we've not yet been fully glorified. Sin has not been eradicated yet, and we still have to wrestle with the fact that even though we may be saved, we, even though we may be saints and called to this higher purpose, well, we're still affected by the fall. We're, we're still people who sin even though we're no longer sinners identified by our sin but we still sin right and so many moments in our life we have to sit in this tension this already and not yet this reality that there are legitimately painful horrible things that are going on that have happened to me and that are happening right now that i have to grieve and whenever we read genesis 1 and 2 that didn't exist So after the fall, I think we have to learn how to grieve. I don't think it comes naturally to any single one of us. Mm -hmm. Well, and just learning how to grieve, right, is this process of sitting with the feelings that you have and allowing them to be and being able to communicate them with others. We know that from a mental health standpoint, being able to communicate, say out loud, speak them, Mm -hmm. Um, power in that yeah there is an organization that happens in the brain that allows us to tap into a deeper emotional experience that will allow our mind to put difficult things to rest if we're we're able to do that this is mechanism that God has already built in to human beings to allow for that type of thing and if we don't take advantage of that by holding it to ourselves right and just trying to work through it ourselves yeah. then it is not going to be resolved. If yeah. we, you know, a lot of times I kind of imagine this, right? You read through the Bible and like you hear about these prayers and different things. There's power to speaking prayer out loud. Well, you know, years later, neuroscience talks about mm-hmm. this too. Like speaking about things out loud actually helps your brain reprocess things. And whenever someone else is there, then you kind of tap into their own nervous system because our brain is built that way to actually, yeah, to actually expand the processing power of being able to put things to rest that are really difficult. So I think it's because we're not very good at talking with Mm -hmm. ourselves. It's, it's hard to have a dialogue back and forth when it's just in your head. Mm -hmm. And we often do this. We probably listen to ourselves the most, but it's not always helpful. I think every single one of us have this internal critic, 
and usually they're saying pretty awful things to us. And some of us might do a little bit of a better job pushing against them than others, but those who do a better job pushing against them, I would venture to guess that they've learned how to name those things out loud, to have a conversation sometimes out loud with themselves. It'd be even better if you can have it with another person. But sometimes saying it out loud to yourself and then saying, no, Matt, that's not true. You don't need to think that way. This is true. But what you're thinking, no, 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 Matt, that's a lie. Mm -hmm. Don't believe that. Well, when we speak it out loud, too, we are reducing, hopefully, the amount of time that we're sitting in something. Yeah. Because I think our our current society does this. It's not really that great, uh, not even from, like, a mental health standpoint, that if we, like, sit and ruminate in, like, mental health-related issues, right? If I'm just going to sit in depression constantly and talk mm-hmm. about it and and everything, um, we're not designed to do that constantly, right? There is an action that comes from this. And that's kind of, you know, and, and that has to come in in a certain time frame, right? It's different for everybody. Um, just kind of like, you know, if I were to sit and talk about how sad my life is every single day, um. That's going to get me. You'd right? probably start believing it quite a bit because what we totally. focus on, we amplify. Totally. And so that's not to say that we shouldn't talk about it, but it is to say that if mm-hmm. it's the only thing that we focus on, and this is where we're coming back to Noah and unpacking this, he had hope because God was telling him, I'm saving saving you. I'm saving the, the land, the world. We need something else to attract our attention from the despair and sometimes also from all of the positive vibes, if that's all we focus on, right? well, it's going to be pretty hard at some point, too, to believe that because the suffering, the pain is going to be whispering in our ear over here, right? right? So we want some type of balance that takes place. And a lot of times it's easier to achieve this balance in community uh, and more than one person where it's talking and communicating about things. Um, just thinking about like, like being able to be hopeful, but at the same time, be able to acknowledge like a lot of like hardship or anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a book in the Bible. that's really good at doing this. It's called revelation, (laughs) right? Uh, Revelation is actually a book of hope. Although a lot of people, whenever they read through it, they don't actually see that hope. Um, It's telling us about what is to come, how things are going to, like, we already know that like there, there is victory on our side here. We already understand that and know that all at the same time, there is a lot of death that also happens in order to yeah. bring about this new life that that's going to happen. So there yeah. is a balance in this, and we as Christians are called to be able to follow that balance where we have this hope for the future, but while we're able to also acknowledge the pain and hardship that's going right now. You know, if I'm suffering right now and, you know, I'm dealing with pain right now, and Matt tells me, hey, you know, Craig, I'm going to pray for you. And then he walks away from me. Well, that's nice that he's going to pray with me. That's a nice sentiment. But the pain and hurt is happening right now inside me. Yeah. And there is a transformative process that happens if Matt's like, hey, let me sit here and pray with you and talk with you about this. Because Matt's the image of God just like I am and just like you are. Yeah. Which means that being in, in like, you know, community with each other, 
being able to talk like as friends, as parent, Listen. child or anything, right? Yes. Just being able to have a conversation around this is actually how God has designed this. This is why, you know, it, it doesn't say here that Noah's family was righteous. It says Noah was righteous, yet God still delivers his family, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not good for man to be alone. So th- there's an important thing there, an important lesson for us. And like as we kind of see like this this Eden that the ark is, that is going through this, uh, there's th- it's awesome that like he is delivered through this and there is hope that God is doing this for a better future. Well, at the same time, like we as current readers should read this and struggle. And it's okay for us to have both of those perspectives. It's okay for there to be good and bad in our lives. Yeah. Just like it's okay for us to grieve the things that Noah had to go through, or even like the society that got wiped out, this culture that got wiped out. Yeah. Um, We should be sad about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, this is also the image of God that, uh, and things didn't go well, right? Sin got them. And sin will get us too if we're trying to go at it alone. Yeah, absolutely. Put that on a shirt, right? Sin will, sin get, will us get us if we, if we try if to we go, go at it, it alone. alone. Yeah. Right? Um, I think one of the last things that we kind of wanted to just mention or, or bring up, or it, maybe that's actually presumptuous, I don't know, you may have had something else to share, is that like Noah had faith. Right. So like for us as believers, faith is like a muscle that we want to continue to exercise. And we exercise this by praying, but we also, you know, exercise this by the acknowledgement of like hope and like current circumstance. But really, we work this out by actually actively engaging in having a relationship with God and other people. Yeah. Yeah, I like that you said that actively engaging because when we hear that word faith i think a lot of us assume or presume that it's this feeling right Mm -hmm. i cannot begin to describe the number of times that i have not felt like talking to god or loving god Mm -hmm. for you know a more practical example even my wife right there are not there are many moments where those lovey feelings are not there but i've made a covenant i've made a promise a vow that i will love her no matter what mm-hmm. unconditionally and there's a time in our faith right where we stick with it where we choose to believe and we actively pursue god not because of a feeling of how mm-hmm. loving he is, of how great he is, but because we've made a choice to believe, to know cognitively that he is good no matter what, even whenever he unmakes things. Right. Even and that's hard. Flood. That's what that makes faith complicated mm-hmm. to say, despite what I'm feeling, I'm just gonna still gonna choose to believe that you are good. Right. And it's going to introduce a theme here, right? That Noah doesn't have all the answers, but he's having faith in God. So for us, there's going to be tons of times where we don't know the answers. The Bible, God's word, is not like an almanac. It's not a thesaurus. It's not a dictionary. It's not a playbook of 
all the right moves to make in every single situation. That's not what it's designed to do. It's designed mm-hmm. to tell the story of humans and God. And a lot more heavy on the human side of things. It's not a history text, mm-hmm. but it does have historical things that have happened. And so for us, we want to walk away from this understanding that, okay, there's a blueprint here that we as people that are walking in faith, we pray to God, we pray together in community, and we actually engage in our faith. All right, I think the, the easiest example that I can give of this is that, um, you know, I, I have a client that um, is not a person of faith themselves. But I, I can't even remember. We got on the topic somehow, and counseling is kind of a weird profession here in the United States where you're not really supposed to bring it up uh, at the beginning because you don't want to impress your views upon your clients. Um, and like abiding by We're that, not making them many versions of Craig or many versions of Matt, right? right? So, uh, but the, this client, like upon bringing this up, asked if I, if I do pray. And I was like, well, yes, I do pray. And then at the end of the session, I asked them, I go, well, would you like me to pray with you um, or pray for you right now? So the easy thing would have been be like, all right, let them leave, and then I'll pray for them after they go. And I've most certainly done that a lot. But that's yeah. not actually engaging in faith, right? Engaging in prayer. It's something that you want to actively do with somebody so that you can actually have a collective experience yeah. around it. And that's just like one small example, and it builds up into bigger things, whether or not it's um, like actually working on like money-related issues or it's actually mm-hmm. like working on putting your faith in a plan that's going to, you know, that, that God's putting on your heart and you don't know what it's going to look like or, or a family that it feels like God's calling you to raise or whatever that may look like. Yeah, There are, you know, Noah was asked to build an ark, and... God may be asking you to build some type of ark too to help you get through a flood that's going on in your life. A little metaphorical, I know. Um, Man, I love the metaphors. Yeah. Um, have you heard, and I remember this, I had to look it up real quick to remember his name, um, but I think it's a cool picture of faith that Charles Blondin, I might be butchering his last name, Blondin story. He was a tightrope walker and very famous and... Uh, he, in the summer of 1859, he did this big feat. He walked 160 feet above the falls, uh, several times back and forth between Canada and the U.S., and huge crowds were there on both sides. Um, and essentially, as they oohed and nod, he asked, do you believe I can carry a person across this tightrope in a wheelbarrow? And, of course, they all shouted yes, that they believed that he could. And then he asked the crowd, who will get in the wheelbarrow? And no one answered him um, until finally there was somebody, I, I believe it was his manager, who said, I, I have faith. I trust you. And he's the one who got in that wheelbarrow. And guess what? They, they made it across. He survived. Um, praise the Lord. But faith is very active. Mm-hmm. Faith is intentional. It's not just saying, yes, I believe. It's, it's saying, yes, I believe. And I'll get in the wheelbarrow. And I'll do this thing that I feel like you're calling me to do or that you tell me in scripture to do, even though I am terrified or even though I'm grieving and angry, I'll still have faith and I'll still go. Well, the truth is God delivered Noah. 
Yeah. And uh, that's an important thing, right? We already kind of know how that story went. Right. But it's and, very important to highlight. Yeah. Well, and of course, you don't know how your own story is going to go. Um, maybe in your own personal life, you may know how things are going to look in the future if you're a believer and, and recognize the truth that revelation is. But it's really easy to read something. And it's a lot harder in the moments where the flood's happening in your life and to believe that there's Eden there among all the hardships that you're going through. And the thing is that we kind of learn a little bit from the story. There's family there with Noah. There's faith. There is hope. Wow. Hardship is all around them. Yeah. And that... So faith, Yeah, there's this responsibility. And hope. Mm -hmm. There's this responsibility that Noah is actively engaging in. Yeah. So there are these pieces, and I'm sure that we can kind of sit and talk about many more. But from a mental health standpoint, this is really important, right? If I wake up and I'm not feeling so great, I have a responsibility to myself, my family, my clients um, to try to put myself in the best possible position to serve them. And that's a focus that's not entirely just on us and our feelings. Mm -hmm. That responsibility, it's a calling to be there for other people. When we can't be there for ourselves, I think it's easier to ruminate and to stay stuck in that position. Totally. But that faith, that meaning that we might grasp in life, well, that's calling us to be responsible for the sake of loving the people around us. That gets me out of bed easier in the morning than doing it for myself. Right. Uh, and maybe this is a little bit funny, depending on how you want to look at it. You know, we go through like current floods in our life all the time. Uh, maybe it's not water that's destroying our society. Um, it destroyed my basement, Craig. <laughs> All right, so maybe Matt's going through a literal flood. Mm -hmm. um, and he was asked to build an ark and didn't do it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the thing is that the, we get flooded by all kinds of things, mm -hmm. whether or not it's like certain foods, whether or not it's certain like uh, cultural ideologies or anything like that or, yeah. or whatever it may be. And... Sometimes I think that because it's not a literal flood, we don't really recognize it for what it is. But the flood that destroys the way that humans are meant to operate, mm -hmm. right? That like it's a continual process of the unmaking that's already taking place in our heart that's happening. Yeah. And we're, you know, we have this podcast because we want to be able to call it out. We want to be able to recognize those things. Um, we want to be able to equip you with things to do about it because as a believer in Christ, if you are, and if you're not, you know, I, I hope that you can listen to this and find it in your heart to be able to do that. But if you're a believer in Christ, um, you have the power to be able to do that through God, not through your own means, not in isolation, yeah. um, not through lack of faith, not through just focusing only on hope or despair. Um, and uh, not through, not accepting responsibility for anything that's going on, mm -hmm. right? You are placed in a very honored spot by God. And that very honored spot calls us to operate in a certain way. Yeah. Right. And we want to be able to continue to step into that. Not on a grand scale. It's to continue forth Eden. It's to continue forth the, uh, the kingdom that he has laid out before us in Eden and to um, have 
uh, dominion over our little circle, what we can control, to nurture it, to cultivate it, to make it grow. That's a big responsibility. Totally. And it's easy to miss on a day-by-day level, but like I said in a past episode, I think, the moments where I can just get on the floor and play with my son, the moments where I get to move towards my wife and apologize for that thing that I said, those are moments where I'm continuing forth the dominion that God has called us to. Right. And, you know, speaking of dominion, you know, Matt, I feel like this is something that we're called to do. Like we have a, a responsibility with the education, the time that we have, the dedication to be able to make a podcast like this, to be able to try to reach people and to be able to really touch their hearts and help Christians know that you can suffer through mental health stuff, mental health issues, or have poor mental health and still God loves you and cares about Mm -hmm. you. That is not saying something bad about you Mm -hmm. or that there is some type of deficit in you. Um, This is part of the fallen world that we're in. Right. We as Christians are called to be able to help each other with that. So I hope that if you found, you know, if you listen to this podcast, first of all, I appreciate you getting all the way through this episode. Yeah. Um, Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. And uh, we have to wrap it up here soon because we both work jobs. We have clients to see today. So we got to get going. And I I appreciate that if you're listening to this podcast, that you're wanting things to get better for you. Yeah. And that you're recognizing that there are maybe mental health challenges that you're facing. So that's something that's super important. And again, we appreciate you listening to this episode, giving us time. If this is something that you found helpful, please recommend it to other people. Talk about it. Um, Give us a, a review, uh, you know, anything like that would be very helpful for mm-hmm. um, just kind of expanding our cause here. Yeah. Share us on social media. Tell your friends and family. Give us lots of money. I don't know. So we can keep doing that. That'd be great. But whatever you guys are able to give and support us, we deeply appreciate and we love you all. And next time we uh, look forward to jumping back in the Bible and continuing on with this. So like Matt said, thank you all. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Mental Health Insights in the Bible. This podcast is conducted by two licensed professionals in mental health counseling, but this podcast is not meant to provide medical or legal advice and is not a substitute for personal counseling. The song in our podcast is called Indie Folk by Alexi Action, found on Pixabay. If you are listening to this and feel that you may be a harm to yourself or others, please reach out to Professional because we believe your life is worth it.